Hello, and thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. As you know, we put in a ton of time and effort to make each of our shows as valuable as we can. If you find the information useful, please share this podcast with a friend by emailing it to them or sharing this on the social media site of your choice. If you're a business owner, you're definitely going to want to listen to today's program. Today we're going to talk about credit and how big of an impact that can have on your business. Obviously, if you can't get credit, that can have a very detrimental impact to your business, but also what you pay for credit can have a definite impact on your bottom line. Joining us today is Chuck Harris, a credit specialist, as well as a commercial finance broker, to share with us some ways that business owners can improve their bottom line. Welcome, Chuck. Thank you. I appreciate being here. You've got the five C's of credit that you're going to share with our audience today, and I can't wait what you're going to share because you did a past show with us just talking about understanding credit scores and being proactive and understanding how those credit scores work can make such a significant impact, and I can't wait to hear how business owners can create a significant impact by understanding these same concepts. So I've been a business owner all my life. I understand the challenges and the commitment and the issues that business owners face every day. So if you're not going to use your own money to start, grow, or save a business, you're going to be looking for financing from a third party. And where that financing comes from most of the time is a bank. So the credit repair piece that we talked about in the last show has to do with one of the five things that a bank is going to look at when they underwrite a loan. In our work at Option Lending Group, we secure financing through alternative sources to enable clients to obtain the financing that they need. Credit score is the most important part. That's number one. Credit score is like having a ticket to the Packer game. You've got a ticket. It gets you in the door. It doesn't get you a good seat necessarily. It doesn't mean they're going to win. It doesn't mean it's not going to rain on the game or snow on the game. It's just the ticket that gets you in the door. If you don't have a credit score as a business owner of 650 to 680 minimum, they won't look at the rest of the file regardless of how much money you bring to the table in terms of opportunity for them. They just can't go farther. So that's why the credit program was the first part that we talked about because that gets you in the door. How high your score is is going to determine whether you get the bank's best deals. There's a distinction to be made between getting a loan and getting the bank's best deal. Sometimes you win just because you get the loan at all. So that's where the alternative sources or alternate sources of financing become important because sometimes the loan will allow a business owner to save a troubled business or keep a troubled business going. One of the more difficult areas is startups because banks, as they underwrite a loan, are looking at past history. They look in the rearview mirror. They're looking at what have you done in the past that justifies our lending this money. So the five C's of credit are the screens that each applicant will have to pass. The character is reflected in your credit score is simply going to be the likelihood that you will pay the loan. Banks know that people with higher credit scores are going to have a greater likelihood that the loan will be paid on time, and that's all they're looking for. When a bank forecloses, it's only because somebody hasn't met the terms of the loan. They haven't paid as agreed. That's all a bank is looking for, to get the money that they loaned back on time with interest. The credit score is going to be an indicator that you have, in the past, managed your credit in a reasonable way and have made your payments on time. So the credit score piece is important. That gets you in the door. Once you're in the door, they're going to look at several other factors. One of them is capacity. And capacity just speaks to the income that you have that allows you the ability to service the loan. Banks call that debt service. So they're going to be looking for a debt service coverage ratio. 
And knowing that term puts you ahead of a whole lot of the people who apply because they have no idea what that is. But the debt service coverage ratio means they take the net operating income of the company and look for a sufficient number in terms of net income to cover the debt plus a margin of 25%. If the loan is going to be $1,000 a month, for example, they're going to be looking for historical performance from that business that has generated enough net operating income to cover the debt plus a margin of 25% of the debt payment. So the bank of debt payment is going to be an annual issue, not a monthly issue. So $12,000 plus another 25% showing on the bottom line. This is a real important part here. Banks judge you based on the tax returns that you show. So banks are really concerned what you show as taxable income. that has to be verified on your tax returns. Hotel owners, bar owners, people that are in a cash businesses, business owners in general typically will find that their accountants are helping them to minimize the amount of tax that they pay on, and so they report less income. Banks understand that, but what you have to understand is that if you're not showing it on paper that can be verified to the bank's underwriting department, you're not going to get the loan. So I don't care whether you drive a fancy car, live in a million-dollar house, and you make all your payments on time. If you're not showing that on a tax return that verifies that you have enough cash flow in that business, enough operating income to cover that debt with 125% of the net operating income required for the loan payments, you won't get the loan. Capacity is the income that allows you to prove to the bank verifiable income that proves that you can make the loan payment. Capital has to do with your contribution to meeting another ratio that's critical to the bank, which is called loan-to-value. And from the 1990s to 2000, you could get 100% financing. Sure. You could find a way to have the bank take all the risk. The world has changed. Yeah, <laughs> things have changed since mother was a girl. So the fact is that as a business owner or as someone who's looking to acquire a business, you have to have what banks call skin in the game. Hmm. Depending upon the bank and depending upon your qualifications and the type of loan, the banks will be looking for varying amounts of skin in the game. You can still get 100% financing on a house. I don't know why anybody would do that, but they do. But you can. But as soon as the value drops, then you're underwater, and then that's a world of trouble. But in a commercial loan, they're going to be looking for you to have anywhere from 50% skin in the game to 20% skin in the game. It's unrealistic to go looking for a loan to start a company without any skin in the game. It's just tough to do. I'll say it's impossible to do. You need some skin in the game. Now, the good news is it doesn't have to be your money. We've gotten investor money in. There are ways to meet that challenge, but what we do in our company, when we started, we thought we were in the lending business. turns out that while we do facilitate loans, and we don't loan our own money, by the way, these loans are always done through a third-party lender. And we have alternate sources, but we begin with the banks because that's where the best, cheapest money is going to be available. Work with a banker that's going to work with you, get to understand your business, and take the long view to your business and have a personal relationship with them. You will have a resource that you'll appreciate forever. But we have alternate sources, and that's where we make some magic happen when the banks say no. Our company exists because we work to get financing for clients who've been turned down by the bank. So that capacity or income, we're always going to need to look at the tax returns and the income statements, financials for the business and personal, and put together a loan summary that tells us that you're a good candidate for a bank. And then we'll take you to a bank where we know they're going to like what they see and hopefully get the loan. Capital is the contribution by the owner to reduce the loan to value. Conditions are the next issue. Conditions are the variables that exist that either confirm that this is a good decision for the bank to lend to you or maybe not such a good idea. 
We have a bank that we do business with, and when I say that, they send us a lot of referrals, and we send referrals to them. Because in a perfect world, we're going to take somebody who's not bankable, not fundable, we're going to coach them to do the things that they need to do, get them bankable, and then hopefully take them right back to the bank that turned them down. We've done that and got as much as a million dollars for somebody that was ultimately approved by one of the first 10 banks that had turned them down, approved them once we'd had a chance to work with them and help them understand how they needed to look to prove that they were bankable. So the conditions are going to be anything ranging from the economic conditions at the time, the business that they're in. For example, this particular bank that I mentioned a moment ago does not lend in the hospitality industry, bars, restaurants, hotels. Anything that has to do with the hospitality area is one that they're not interested in. So sometimes that transaction is a simple matter of getting a qualified customer introduced to a bank that does that kind of loan that pretty much gets the deal done. Mm -hmm. Now, when there are issues that go beyond this, then we address those. And so one of the things that we learned early on was that we might have a role to play in guiding companies and consulting with them through the process so that once they get the money, the business is operating efficiently so that they use the money productively and at the end of the day have all the ability they need to make those loan payments because we don't want to do a loan that's going to just lead to a problem for the bank. Just because we can doesn't mean we will. Right. Chuck, I got to believe that's a misconception that a lot of people have because maybe they grew up and worked with their neighborhood bank their whole lives and they feel all banks are created equal, but they got a relationship there at the bank. So the key is there's specialty banks. Banks will focus or specialize with certain types of loans So something that you're doing then is really helping put a square peg in a square hole or a round peg in a round hole, kind of a matchmaker. That's exactly what we are. We are a facilitator of better outcomes. And there's a loan that's going to close this week, for example, not one that I, I mean, we don't do a lot of hard money loans. It's not our favorite way to see people borrow money, but this is a fellow in Cleveland, as a matter of fact. Through a divorce, economic downturn, loss of a job, he was threatened with the loss of an $800,000 apartment project which he retains to this day, which is going to be a critical part of his retirement program. He told me that. And we were able to connect him with a lender that will pay off the taxes because lenders will not loan money to pay taxes. That's where the alternate sources of finance, because we have sources of lending that will do that. So the interest rate will be higher, but the fact is the taxes will be paid this week. The property will remain in his hands. Now he doesn't show any tax liens on his credit. Now we get the credit matters piece involved so that we get that under control, raise his credit, and within six months get him to a mainline lender that will do a loan for him. He's no longer showing tax liens. Again, the credit score is a snapshot so that the tax liens are not going to show if we can get them removed. They can never be removed from the public record, but they can be removed from a credit report by using the Fair Credit Reporting Act by disputing, as we talked in the last program. So the process here is to identify the problem. If he's losing the property at the end of the month and we're able to get him the money to make sure that property stays under his control, get him refinanced at a reasonable rate. We were with him through his pain, but but got him to a better place. At the end of the the day, that's the name of the game. Yeah, exactly. He obtained what he needed to continue his plan. And it's a multi-step process, what you just mentioned there. Still, six months or so to accomplish your goals versus the alternative, which is lose the property. That's right. That's the bottom line. Well, he has a smile on his face now because he accomplished his goal. Yeah. Now, our responsibility is to get him the rest of the way so he doesn't pay that 18% of that money any longer than possible. 
18% compared to bank rates yeah. sounds terrible, but people are paying more than that on credit cards all the time. Yeah, and carrying a balance, it seems like forever. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah, Credit cards, that's a whole subject that, no doubt. that I could spend a couple of programs on that, but we won't. That kind of brings up, though, the fifth C, which is collateral. collateral. Since we mentioned credit cards generally aren't collateralized. but right. Collateral is security for the bank. It has to do with the security that the bank will have in the event you default. It's the last-ditch protection for the bank. I told you earlier, I had a client that had a net worth of $5 million, and I couldn't get him a $50,000 line of credit because he didn't have any accounts that he was paying on. He paid everything cash. To the credit reporting companies, he looked just like somebody who had terrible credit because he wasn't making any payments to anybody. He wasn't showing they could make payments on time. So all the collateral in the world will not make a bad loan a good loan. But on the other hand, as a last-ditch effort, that's a security of the bank that if you don't make your payments on time, if you default on the agreement, that there will be some fallback position for the bank to be able to recover what they've loaned you. That's what collateral is. So it's unrealistic for a borrower to expect that they will qualify for a loan without providing some sense of security for the bank that they're going to get paid in the worst-case scenario. And it's unrealistic for a borrower to expect that they'll be approved for a loan if they don't have skin in the game. And yet I'm continually presented with opportunities with clients who are expecting for the bank to finance everything and that they don't have to put up anything for security. That's just not realistic. Right. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, let's expand a little bit more on the collateral because that's probably more relative issue today is what's the impact then of determining the value of that collateral, the appraisal process. So please stay tuned. I'm Leslie Bibb. Everything changed the day my mother received the awful call that there had been an accident and my father hadn't survived. Suddenly, she was faced with having to raise four girls on her own. But my mom's burden was lessened by my dad's thoughtfulness. His life insurance kept her family together and enabled us to carry on. My father loved us enough to expect the unexpected. Learn more at lifehappens.org, a public service message from the Nonprofit Life Foundation. Welcome back as we continue our conversation today with Chuck Harris, who's a credit specialist and commercial finance broker. We've been talking about the five C's of credit and what that means to a business loan. We ended before the break about collateral. Just comment a little bit about then how the importance of the appraisal process impacts that skin in the game you talked about. What I hear most often is when I say, what do you think your property's worth? They say, well, in 1998 or in 2006, sure. it, it appraised for this much money. And, you know, that just doesn't matter. It's what does it appraise for today? So the appraisal process has changed a great deal. And if we're talking about commercial property, the reason that our company even exists, because nobody needs to pay us to do what we do if they can get a loan all by themselves. We'll send them out the door and on the way to the bank, but typically the banks are sending them to us. So we have to identify what the issues are. Oftentimes, our opportunities have been created by the fact that property values have dropped. And so the bank made a, a loan of a million dollars on a property that's now worth a million dollars. It was worth a million and a half five years ago. Now the loan has termed out and, and it's time to renew. And so the issue then of appraised value is critical in terms of how much value is there? The bank is simply not interested in loaning 100% of the value of anything. And I like to tell people when they get angry about this, say, look, if you were the bank, you'd have the same perspective. So banks are doing a great service to business and industry, but your numbers have to match what they're looking for. So sometimes one of the solutions can be 
probably get into the SBA for just a second because the Small Business Administration exists to help business owners secure the financing for the businesses that create the jobs that power the economy. So when there's a lack of collateral, an SBA guarantee can give the bank assurance that they would need to do a loan that they otherwise might not. So one of our partners, we used to have a partner that had run the SBA for 10 years, great perspective that taught us, I can still hear him saying it, all the collateral in the world won't make a bad loan a good loan. So it doesn't have to do with anything other than the last-ditch security in case a loan is not paid off as agreed. But the collateral, sometimes what we have to do is bring in additional collateral. Sometimes you can bring in collateral from an investor, from a cosigner. And this is one of the critical areas to address in terms of alternate financing is that we had a client that had about $125,000 in credit card debt, and that put him over the debt-to-income ratio that banks look for when they do the loan. So we looked at a lender who would loan on the cash value of the practice rather than on real estate. That's where banks are different. That's where lending programs are different. Mm -hmm. So we were actually able to take an existing line of credit that had about $30,000 left on it, another $125,000 worth of credit card debt. And because we took them to a lender that would lend on the cash flow of the business, which is very healthy, this person had a good credit score and cash flow to support the debt. They just didn't have real estate to serve as collateral. So if you're dealing in a bank that only feels comfortable with real estate, well, you're not going to get approved there. So we went to a bank that had a program for professional corporations that loaned enough money to refinance the $125,000 in credit card debt along with the old line of credit. They wiped that out, paid off all of that in four years that I think was about 3.5%. His blended interest rate on all that credit card debt was probably 16%. Took that to 3%, and it's all paid off in four years. Wow, that's huge. That's more alternate thinking than it is alternate financing. But we look at the problem, analyze it, figure out what's a better outcome, and for him, he would agree that was a better outcome. No question about it. Now, we focused before the break about the five C's of credit, but I know you have some more tips for our listeners, the five P's. So tell us about that. These are the things that we do when we get involved. Let's say that a client is referred to us by a bank. They already know that they can't get finance there, so they know they need to do something different. My come to Jesus meeting with them is, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So let's talk about what needs to change so that you can get an approval somewhere. So when we are engaged by a client, and I will tell them, the good news is we can help. The bad news is we have to charge for what we do because the banks don't pay us. So what we do for clients, whether on a consulting basis or typically we'll charge a success fee to successfully conclude the client, the transaction. But we want to, first of all, for the first P is problem identification. We want to know what the problem is. Why isn't the bank approving your loan? Why didn't they approve it? And what will it take? What has to change to get them to say yes instead of no? Secondly, we do our own, my partner and I, probability assessment. We look at this situation. We say, all right, what's the probability that we can get them financed? What's the probability that we can make a difference? And once we've got an 80% confidence level that we can make a difference, then we will go to them with a plan, which then the next thing is the prioritized action plan, saying if you'll do this and this and this, Mm. we can get you financed. And then we make a proposal to them as this is how much time it's going to take. This is what it's going to cost to get us on your team. You have to understand that it takes time and effort to do that. And the reason we're different from a bank is that they are sorting for the applications that will be a slam dunk for them. They're not looking to work with you. Lender liability issues will not permit them to take the risk of telling you things that you need to do to get financed because in this day and age, the lawyers will be knocking in the door. No doubt about it. (laughs) I did that, (laughs) but look, it still didn't work. 
it's even like right now, if anybody hasn't done a loan with real estate recently, if you talk to your banker, they can't even talk to the appraiser anymore. Right, it's a third-party right. guy out there. So, I mean, that goes right in hand with what you're talking about. So we can pick up the phone and talk to the bankers. I, I can talk to bankers. I can talk to attorneys because I'm not restricted the way. You're not the lender. You're that's just right. facilitating. I'm not. I'm a facilitator. Exactly. So once we have that prioritized action plan, then it's a matter of they pay us to get on their team. And we then come up with an action plan. We then take that action plan, prioritize it in terms of what's going to yield the highest benefit for the lowest cost in the shortest amount of time. And then we are proactive in implementing that plan. And at the end of the day, it's all about persistence, which is the fifth P of alternate lending. We simply don't quit until we get what we want. That goes to Vince Lombardi's statement that he's famous for, I never lost a game, I only ran out of time. We will not fail if we have the right time and we have a client who is able to realize that unless they change, nothing changes. That is the key because your service requires, it really needs the engagement of the person that's working with you. It's not just you'll fix a problem. They actually have to be part of the process. So don't over-expect solutions until you actually understand. You need to be part of the solution. And we have to have realistic expectations right. on their part. So we have two rules. We don't waste our time because we're both old. OLG could mean <laughs> options lending group. It also means old lending guys. <laughs> we don't waste our time, and we don't want to waste anybody's money. Right. You know, that brings to mind another Vince Lombardi quote. He talked about he didn't get the 11 best players for the team. He got a team of the best 11 team players. It's all about team. It is you about have team. to work together. There's no one size fits all. You really have to take the time and be serious about it. But the rewards you talked about, I mean, when you talk about someone paying 16% on 100000 or 125000 of credit card debt versus 3 or 4%, what an impact that has on a bottom line. Well, the other thing is that debt is over with. That term, by the way, was three years, not four years. So that $130,000 of credit card debt, that's gone in three years. It's paid off. With credit cards, we always talk about the minimum payment. So at the end of three years, he's just treading many, yeah. many years yeah. oh, of payments. Yeah. So to term that out, that's the best thing a business can do is get their debt under control. Excellent. Well, we appreciate the additional counsel today. This was a two-part series. So if you didn't hear the first part about just understanding seven steps to better credit, make sure you tune in. Chuck, thanks for joining us today. And as this landscape continues to evolve and change in the lending world, especially access to alternative sources, we'd love to have you back and continue to educate our listeners on what options are available to them. Would you do that for us? I'd be delighted. Wonderful. Thanks again for joining us today. Thanks for joining us this week. And tune in again next week as we explore another phase of the real wealth process. And remember, if anything you heard in today's show you'd like to get more information about, contact your Real Wealth Advisor. Also, if you feel that any of this information will be helpful to a friend or family member, just click the Forward to a Friend button. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. We've got additional information and links in our show notes, which you can click on to learn more. If you have any questions about any of the topics covered or would like to learn more, you can go to our website, www.myprisminsurance.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. Call us at 951-243-2800 or email me directly at prob at myprisminsurance.com. The email is in the show notes as well. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in and have a wonderful week.